Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Mystic Show. Or simply, welcome to The Mystic Show. Is this your first episode you're hearing? Well, happy to have you with us. My name is Chris Curran, and this show is all about spirituality, personal development, mindfulness, right? Um, let's see, anti-zombieism. <laughs> wow, I'm going to tell you about my weekend in a second and all the zombies on the road. But um, but yeah, our website is themysticshow.net, themysticshow.net, and uh, you can find all our previous episodes there, actually. Everything is archived on the website. Pretty cool. And you can also find our phone number and our Skype handle. So you can call us on the phone. You can call us using Skype. And I'll just put it out there now that uh, if you want to give a quick call and, and let us know what you did this weekend, if you did any type of relaxing activities or any spiritual activities. Although that's a... Uh, in. in I think technically that's an oxymoron. Spiritual activities? Is that uh, is that possible to be doing an activity? Anyway, maybe spirit does act. Not sure. Anyway, if you know if spirit acts, call up and let us know. <laughs> so yeah, and our Skype handle is FractalStream, and our phone number is on the website. Um, and I won't bother giving it because... It's right on the website. And no one really has a pen and no one's really writing it down anyway. Maybe, I think. So, I hope you had a great weekend. See, that's one thing. We do the show at 7 a.m. Eastern Time every weekday morning. Uh, It's an hour-long show. And 7 a.m. Eastern Time in the United States... In, I know. I know. In the UK, it's noon, and I know as you go further east, it gets later and later. Like in India, I think it's four thirty p.m. that the show airs. Uh, do we have any listeners in India? You can always call on Skype for free. Um, so the time of day is always different, but on a Monday. It's pretty much Monday for everyone, and uh, and everybody just had their weekend. And I don't know if you know this, but in India, most everyone works uh, Monday through Saturday, I believe. Or at least a lot of folks work Monday through Saturday, and they only have one day off. So all you who who the two-day weekend is not long enough... Just imagine that. Imagine you had to work six days a week and you only get one day off. That seems uh, that seems crazy. But with the way life is going here in the U.S., I mean, who knows? Maybe that's coming. I mean, a lot of people already have two, three jobs, right? They're working even evenings and weekends. So this weekend, yeah, like I said, my wife and I were, were driving a little bit this weekend. And there's a lot of zombies on the road. People, mindless drivers. 
And, you know, it's not their fault, really. I mean, in a way it is, but, you know, it's not that, uh, not that I'm going to go on a crusade to educate all the drivers in the country, because that'll never happen. But those two words, mindless and mindful, right? They're so different. There's just two ends of the spectrum. Some people are just mindless. They're just oblivious. That's another good word for them. Another good word is a zombie, was we started calling them. Because, you know, the word, the word idiot just seems to fly out of your mouth so easily when you're driving here in the U.S., <laughs> especially in New Jersey and Connecticut and New York. I mean, the word idiot just kind of flies out, but really they're not idiots, they're zombies. And we really, we're all zombies, actually. Because even those of us who are trying to be mindful, uh, we're not always mindful, right? We're zombies at times. So it's just the de- the degree of which you're a zombie. We're trying to, right? We're trying to lessen the zombie factor inside of ourselves. And you know, that's what this show is all about, right? We talk about spirituality and personal development and all things otherworldly. But it's all for the purpose of learning of becoming and really transforming ourselves into divinized human beings. You know, far away from that animal state that James Allen talked about. So a few, probably six months ago, eight months ago, I bought this book and I started reading it because one of the other gentleman whose books I was reading mentioned it. It's called Seed of Knowledge, Stone of Plenty. And the subtitle is Understanding the Lost Technology of the Ancient Megalith Builders. So the ancient megalith builders, these are the you know the folks who built Stonehenge, the pyramids, all the the megaliths, as it says. And it's interesting because this book is very scientific and basically it postulates the theory that um, at a lot of these megaliths or dolmen, sometimes they're called dolmen, if, depending on the way they're built, they actually create like a, an area of charge uh, where, for instance, in the middle of Stonehenge, you know, the rocks, the, the big megalith, megalithic rocks that are piled up and balanced and stuff like that they um in the center you can actually measure a difference in the magnetic field of the earth somehow the stones in a certain proportion actually change the the magnetic field and also how much charge is being attracted from the universe Uh, and some people say that's life force energy as well and they've done experiments where they'll put seeds in the center of, for instance, Stonehenge, and they'll leave it there for a couple hours, you know, a little packet of seeds. And uh, and what they'll do is they'll take those seeds and they'll go plant them. And compared with seeds that were not put in the middle of Stonehenge, these seeds will, you know, yield two to three times the uh, 
the growth. I think they tried it with corn uh, many times. And the seeds that were not, you know, exposed to that, the center of Stonehenge, they, you know, they grew a certain number of ears of corn. But the seeds that were inside Stonehenge yielded two to three times as much. And so one of their theories is that they, the reason these dolmen were built was to charge seeds or charge anything, really. You could charge a human being. Meaning, when you, uh, when you, maybe when you meditate in the middle of these dolmen, maybe you attract more charge or more, you know, more divine energy or whatever, whatever it could be, right? I mean, we can't measure divine energy yet. We can measure magnetism, I think, but not divine energy. So the reason I'm telling you all this is because in the book they mentioned a couple of these rock chambers in Connecticut and New York and actually all around the country and even all around the world. Um, not all around the world, but I guess some in Europe and Canada. And uh, so anyway, we, we've basically one of these rock chambers is about an hour and a half from where we live. So so we, we got in the car and we... We searched for it. We uh, and we found it actually, and and we walked on, you know, drove, found the directions, drove there, parked, and walked on this trail, and we found the rock chamber that they have pictures of it in the book. And in the book, what they did was they took a picture. I think it's an infrared picture they took, but it clearly shows. Well, first of all, they their magnetic instruments were pretty much off the charts. Like the, the magnetic, they called it a magnetic anomaly because it was, the magnetism was so different than outside the, the rock chamber. And anyway, they took an infrared picture and basically, uh, it shows this like ball of energy, like almost like out of a sci-fi movie or something. It's a pretty interesting picture. It's in this book. Um, again, I'm looking for the title here, Seed of Knowledge, Stone of Plenty. And I actually haven't finished reading the book, but anyway, we sat in this chamber for, you know, five minutes and you know me, I was, I had my audio recorder. I was recording and talking and, um, kind of documenting what I was doing. I'm about to sneeze and I don't want to sneeze into the microphone. Uh, okay, so, see, I have a mute button. I don't know if you listeners know that. I can mute my microphone, <laughs> which I do quite often when I cough really loud or if, if I ever sneeze. I've never sneezed on the show before. Anyhow, oh, there it is, the ball of energy, right? That's right, right where we were sitting. Anyhow, I took some audio. I'll play some audio of our trip because it was kind of interesting, and there's there's other rock formations around there. And but it was fun, kind of going out and finding something, you know, just going searching, going to find something you've never seen before, and the directions are okay, but not great. And uh, actually, the directions were pretty good because in the book they tell you what trail to walk on and how far. It was pretty accurate. 
So that's one thing we did this weekend. And the other thing was we went up and uh, visited some friends in Connecticut, some friends who are in our meditation group. And uh, we had a real nice time up there. And uh, and I got a new mug, a, a tea mug, and some green tea as well. So uh, I'm I'm happy this morning to be drinking my new green tea out of my new green tea mug. I know it's the little things in life, right? But it was nice to uh, to get away for a little while. I mean, have you done that recently? Just sort of on a weekend, just take a day or maybe a day and a half and just drive, drive a little bit and maybe see some friends or just stay in a hotel, maybe go near the ocean. I don't know. Do you ever just kind of get away for a little bit? Sometimes that really helps. It's not always easy to get away, but it's definitely possible. Like we've talked about before, when you make your mind up for something, it just sort of happens. It's almost magical. But of course, it's not really magical. It's just you flexing your manifestation muscles. See, there's a new term I just (laughs) coined. That's, see, now I'm going to have to go reserve the domain name, manifestationmuscles.com. And maybe write a book someday called Manifestation Muscles. All right. Well, we're going to now, we're just going to take a short break because then we're going to uh, get back into our James Allen book. So we'll be right back. And there's some Egyptian music for you. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. This is actually... uh, Oh, it's Douglas Irvine. I'm trying to find his name because I I have the song labeled, not not the artist, but I think it's Douglas Irvine. And he has an album called Ambient Egypt. And he actually, like found some really old instruments like authentic Egyptian instruments and kind of refurbished them and actually played them on this recording. Pretty cool Egyptian sound. So welcome back to the Mystic Show. Hope you're having a a mystical Monday morning. And did you know we play on on Sunday mornings here on on, uh, Eastern Time? We play um, all five episodes of the previous week on Sunday morning at starting at 9 a.m. Uh, we play all five episodes from the previous week in a row. 
So from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Sundays, Eastern Time, it's we call it the Mystic Marathon. So if you're Sunday morning, if you're just relaxing, you want to, you know, hear some spiritual discussions, just turn on the Fractal Stream. The Fractal Stream is, of course, our internet radio station. And uh, so this uh, James Allen book we're getting into now, right? It's called Above Life's Turmoil. And there's 20 short little passages in here. They're not that short. And we've read, I think, three or four of them already. In fact, the last one we were reading was called The Uses of Temptation. And uh, and how about, did you hear Friday's show with Mystic Maria? I mean, we talked about so many pretty cool topics, and she she had a lot, a lot of good things to say about the ego, uh, forgetting, stopping, right? Remember I asked her how can people sort of implement spirituality in their lives, and she basically said, first, you have to just stop. Uh, changing beliefs, learning from life's struggles, and I want to. I'm going to talk about struggles a little bit later. I didn't. I forgot we talked about that a little bit. And uh, and spiritual comfort zones. We talked about spiritual comfort zones too. Hmm. Right. Those darn comfort zones. They're so comfortable, aren't they? <laughs> we don't want to leave. So, okay, here we go. So this is uh, from the James Allen book, Above Life's Turmoil. We're going to read this passage called The Man of Integrity. The Man of Integrity. Okay, here we go. There are times in the life of every man who takes his stand on high moral principles when his faith in and knowledge of those principles is tested to the uttermost and the way in which he comes out of the fiery trial decides as to whether he has sufficient strength to live as a man of truth and join the company of the free? Or shall still remain a slave and hireling of the cruel taskmaster self? Such times of trial generally assume the form of a temptation to do a wrong thing and continue in comfort and prosperity, or to stand by what is right and accept poverty and failure. And so powerful is the trial that, to the tempted one, it plainly appears on the face of things as though, if he chooses the wrong, his material success will be assured for the remainder of his life. But if he does what is right, he will be ruined forever. Frequently, the man at once quails and gives way 
before this appalling prospect which the path of righteousness seems to hold out for him. But should he prove sufficiently strong to withstand this onslaught of temptation, then the inward seducer, the spirit of self, assumes the grab of an angel of light and whispers, Think of your wife and children. Think of those who are dependent upon you. Will you bring them down to disgrace and starvation? Strong indeed and pure must be the man who can come triumphant out of such a trial. But he who does so enters at once a higher realm of life where his spiritual eyes are opened to see beautiful things. And then poverty and ruin, which seemed inevitable, do not come. But a more abiding success comes. And a peaceful heart and a quiet conscience. But he who fails does not obtain the promised prosperity, and his heart is restless and his conscience troubled. The right doer cannot ultimately fail. The wrongdoer cannot ultimately succeed. For such is the law which moves to righteousness, which none at last can turn aside or stay. And it is because justice is at the heart of things, because the great law is good, that the man of integrity is superior to fear and failure and poverty and shame and disgrace. As the poet further says of this law, the heart of its love, the end of it is peace and consummation sweet obey. The man who, fearing the loss of present pleasures or material comforts, denies the truth within him, can be injured and robbed and degraded and trampled upon because he has first injured, robbed, and degraded and trampled upon his own nobler self. But the man of steadfast virtue, of unblemished integrity, cannot be subject to such conditions because he has denied the craven self within him and has taken refuge in truth.
It is not the scourge and the chains which make a man a slave, but the fact that he is a slave. Slander, accusation, and malice cannot affect the righteous man, nor call from him any bitter response. Nor does he need to go about to defend himself and prove his innocence. His innocence and integrity alone are a sufficient answer to all that hatred may attempt against him. Nor can he ever be subdued by the forces of darkness having subdued all those forces within himself. But he turns all evil things to good account. Out of darkness he brings light. Out of hatred, love. Out of dishonor, honor. And slanders, envies, and misrepresentations only serve to make more bright the jewel of truth within him and to glorify his high and holy destiny. Let the man of integrity rejoice and be glad when he is severely tried. Let him be thankful that he has been given an opportunity of proving his loyalty to the noble principles which he has espoused. And let him think, now is the hour of holy opportunity. Now is the day of triumph for truth. Though I lose the whole world, I will not desert the right. So thinking, he will return good for evil and will think compassionately of the wrongdoer. The slanderer, the backbiter, and the wrongdoer may seem to succeed for a time but the law of justice prevails. The man of integrity may seem to fail for a time, but he is invincible. And in none of the worlds, visible or invisible, can there be forged a weapon that shall prevail against him. All right, that's the man of integrity. Let's take a break.
All right, thanks to Anya for that musical interlude, which I can't pronounce again. (laughs) See, that's one reason to have her on the show. We can just go through and have her pronounce all the song titles, (laughs) and then we'll know. Or maybe there's already a YouTube video of that. Who knows? Well, welcome back to the Mystic Show. And I'm I'm glad uh, James Allen just mentioned the visible and the invisible in that chapter or or passage. The man of integrity, right? This show is kind of all about the invisible. I mean, this whole idea of integrity. When it's inside yourself, it's invisible, right? I mean, it does. You do when you act upon it. People can see your actions, but the integrity itself inside yourself is not visible. And and what a, you know, I was going to say what a great message, but what a, what an inspiring message and a hopeful, a message full of hope that the man of integrity will always succeed. Even though for a time, you know, he may seem to fail. In the end, he will succeed. And uh, just like he says, the slanderer, the backbiter, and the wrongdoer may seem to succeed for a time. But the law of justice prevails. So isn't it nice to know that in this life, that the law of justice will always prevail? That if we are true to ourselves and true to our word, in the end, we'll reap huge benefits from that. I think that's important to note because our lives are so difficult these days with all the choices and the the marketing and advertising that's thrown at us and all the temptations and everything. It's kind of relentless, and uh, but it's good to know that if we do the right thing, things will work out for the best. I don't know. I I feel really good about that. I'm happy the law of justice is, is at my back forever and always. So part of, uh, I want to mention real quick, pause your life. You know, part of uh, having integrity is giving time to yourself to to breathe and to grow. And that's what a retreat is all about, right? Like when I opened the show, I was talking about taking a little weekend trip to get away for, you know, a day or a half a day or and a retreat, a weekend retreat is very similar. It's it's getting away, it's unplugging. And, you know, like I said, we're inundated with all these temptations and the marketing we see. I was just, I just saw a presentation that says that we are bombarded, each of us is bombarded with 6,000 marketing messages every day. I mean, really? (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) That, you know. I, I I believe it, but 
that's crazy. We're being bombarded. That's a really good word to describe it. So the time should come when you step away from the the bombardment and step into a place where you're not bombarded, where you're <laughs> where you can just be yourself and looked be looked at as a human being, not as a customer or a potential customer or someone who needs to buy something. Right? So pauseyourlife.org is the website if you want to go there and check it out. Pauseyourlife.org meetups and retreats um and also a daily email which you can get the daily email it'll come to your email box every morning with an inspirational quote and uh, it'll give you that little excuse you need to pause for 30 seconds or a minute every morning every pause helps actually probably not true as a blanket statement because <laughs> sometimes you shouldn't pause right like when you're driving you know and and the left turn signal comes on <laughs> you should drive don't pause <laughs> so all right the man of integrity that i i really like that uh passage i mean do you do you know a person who has high integrity in your life like, do you know someone who you could say, yeah, that person has real integrity? You know, they say what they mean. They mean what they say. They they always do the right thing. They keep things in perspective. They don't get, you know, they don't get lured away by the, the latest shiny object. Well, if you know someone like that, you may want to, Maybe talk to them about it and ask them how they how they stay on point, how they remain a person of integrity. Maybe you could learn something. Right? The, they're out there. Our role models are definitely out there. Unfortunately, these days, we always pick the wrong role model. <laughs> we pick the rich, glamorous people who are miserable, you know? And we say, oh, that's my role model. I wish I could be that. I mean, who who have you ever met a person who says, yeah, I want to be saintly. I want to be like Jesus. I mean, really be like Jesus, like live it, not just read it and talk about it. Have you ever met someone like that? Probably not. There's not that many, but that's why we need to find one and... uh and follow them. Take their help. Because I think they do want to help, right? That's how it is with my spiritual guide. He wants to help. Because he knows we need it. And he knows we can't really get it from anywhere else. <laughs> it's so rare. All right, so the man of integrity. Do you think you're a person of integrity? I think everyone would say yes to that, right? Everyone would say yes. I'm a oh, of course, I have integrity. So just a reminder, you can call us or Skype with us. If you go to our website, themysticshow.net, you can find our phone number and our Skype handle. 
Go ahead and give us a call if you have a comment you want to make about any of this stuff that we're talking about. So, so I was listening to this song. Um, actually, I don't think I ha- do. I have the song right here because maybe I could play like a little bit of it. See, I'm not prepared. I should have had it all set up. I don't. I don't have it in my in the Mac here. Anyway, it's a song. It's called "All for Good." All for good, and I, I forget when I was hearing it. it. Was this weekend, and I was listening. You know, I was monitoring the radio station just because um, I like to hear some of the songs I haven't heard in many years, and I just like to hear them, and I like to see how they fade in and out of each other. Just so if I need to change anything or make it flow better, I can. So I was monitoring the station, and this song came on, and it's it's called All for Good. And um, one of the lyrics is, struggle is perfect, all that is here is for good. So struggle is perfect, all that is here is for good. And it just made me think that, you know, really being in a human body and living a human life, it's a struggle. In fact, I think it's all one big struggle. (laughs) I mean, there are moments of happiness, joy, right? Maybe even some, I don't even want to say days, maybe some hours of happiness, (laughs) But I, I don't think there's much more than that. The, the quote that I love is, um, I think it's from Robert Frost. He says, happiness makes up for in height what it lacks in length. So really, if you think about it, our periods of joy and happiness are kind of few and far between. And the rest of the time, life is a struggle. Now, it's not, you know, it's not a struggle where you're, you know, trying to climb up a, you know, a rocky cliff without a rope and all this. It's not, you know, an extreme physical struggle, but it's just a mental struggle. All the pushing and pulling and all the things we have to do in our lives, all the regulations, all the the rules we have to follow, all the problems that we encounter. I mean, that's the big thing, right? So many problems in life. Every every there's just always a problem that we have to solve. Sometimes they're really small, sometimes they're really big. Um but this idea of struggle, um do you feel that life is a struggle? Is life a struggle for you? Yes, I'm talking to you. (laughs) If you're hearing my voice, I know who you are. (laughs) Actually, I kind of (laughs) do. I kind of do know who's listening. Um, No, but life is a struggle. And and even in the natural world, like think of a, a plant that grows from a seed in the ground. I mean, it has to break through the seed first. Then it has to push through the earth. That's a struggle. 
then it has to keep pushing up towards the sky and be blown around by the wind or stepped on by an animal or a human or maybe one of you know maybe some human knocks a a branch off of it it has to grow another branch i mean there's it's just a big one big struggle for life and even animals right animals all they do all day is go around looking for food and that's it and sometimes it's not easy for them but they're so persistent right the birds i mean birds they just fly around looking for food all day and if you watch one for like five minutes he may look around and not find anything but it's like it's the persistence because that's all the bird is doing all day the bird will find food always always does I guess I have birds on my mind because we just, I put out some, we put out some bird food onto our uh, little porch and the birds come and eat it. And we put a little, like a bowl full of water as well. And they, funny, they sit on the, 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 the rim and they drink the water a little bit and then they jump down and eat some more food, then go drink some more water. Yeah, so so struggle and it's I guess our attitude depends a lot on how much we struggle. Um like one of the maxims from the the meditation practice that I do, the Sahaj Mark practice. It says um take miseries as divine blessings and be thankful. So what does that mean? That means when we do face struggles, it's actually for our own development, right? We've talked about this before. And this song lyric that I'm mentioning, that's what it says. Struggle is perfect. All that is here is for good. And I'm going to look up the the singer's name because I feel weird talking about this so much and not mentioning her name. Um, I'm just going to look it up online. All for good. All for good lyrics yes adrian young that's her name adrian young it's so funny i heard her interviewed on another radio show this was several years ago and the the host asked her what how would you categorize your music what would you how would you label your music you know is it rock is it folk and she said um i would say loud (laughs) <laughs> and it, it's just funny and she's talking about her voice loud not her music I mean her she kind of does folk music and bluegrass pretty funny Adrian Young the song's called All for Good and yeah so everything that is here is for our good and is it I mean is that hard to accept I think it is most times I mean for me I'm geez for my whole life that's the hardest thing to accept because I don't know, I'm kind of like a problem solver. And I think actually in generals, I mean, in general, most males are problem solvers, meaning if a problem comes up, we just want to solve it and get rid of it, be done with it. And the problem with life is that there's not always a solution or when you solve one problem, another one comes up. 
and it can become frustrating, you know. You're just continually putting out fires and solving problems and you you're trying to get through it so it's done, but it's never done because that's life. <laughs> so, it's hard to accept that even when you when you understand it intellectually. I think it's hard to to live it. Although I did pretty good this weekend because when we when we went on our trip um actually we were going to go up to visit our friends and stay overnight but what happened was I forgot to uh to give the key to our meditation hall to one of the other guys so and I I'm the only one who has a key so we had to drive all the way back just to open the meditation hall the next morning and I felt like a real bonehead like I mean really kind of felt stupid like it's such a simple mistake and yet I made the mistake and I don't know I mean it was stupid but I just you know hey all right that's yeah that was dumb but whatever kind of the whatever attitude instead of beating myself up right and of course, I still plotted out the way that I'm going to solve the problem. Of course, I'm going to make copies of the key and give it to a couple different people <laughs> for the future. So, yeah, struggle. I know you've struggled in your life, and life is always going to be a struggle. And one of the things that helps a lot is to meditate more and sort of go inside and understand what the struggle is for. It's just to make us stronger. And if we allow it to make us stronger and we surround ourselves with like-minded people who can support us through the struggles, then we'll learn a lot quicker. We'll, We'll become stronger. We'll be able to handle more. And unfortunately, that might mean bigger struggles, uh, but certainly we'll be able to help a lot more people, right? I mean, in a way, that's what we should be doing, helping some other people who need help. But we're also focused on our own life that a lot of times we don't do that. So so let's hope we all can learn and, uh, and use struggle to our advantage. All right, so let's take a quick break. Thanks to Sinead O'Connor for uh, This Is To Mother You. That's a song she released on one of her little, it was like a four song EP. It was like a mini release. Um, Just all four mellow songs, like 
I think that was like a mellow phase for her, which is probably still continuing, but uh, good stuff. So welcome back to the Mystic Show. And a lot of folks listen to this show while they're walking and running and cooking and even in their car. Because it is, you know, you can listen to the Fractal Stream on uh, the TuneIn app. And you can get that on any smartphone, the TuneIn app. You just get the app and then you search for Fractal Stream. And uh, just, that's it. Choose it and hit play. And you can also favorite the station. So it'll remember it on your phone for you. It'll be in your favorites. You can just go to your favorites and click it again whenever you want. So our website is themysticshow.net. We have all our previous shows there. And um, I'd like to thank all the callers who called in today (laughs) and shared their opinion. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. This is great. But I figured out this is, uh, I think this is show number 36. Can you believe that? We started on September 9th. It's now October 28th. It's, uh, yeah, I didn't know, uh, yeah, I didn't know I was up for talking this much (laughs) every day. So, all right, so this is uh, the other book we've been reading from, 365 Dao, Daily Meditations by Deng Ming Dao. And, you know, I think I'm actually going to look up Dao right now on the internet and just read the definition of of Tao because I don't think I've ever formally read the definition and uh, it's hard to say. So here we go. Tao is a Chinese concept signifying way, path, route, or sometimes more loosely doctrine or principle. Uh, Within the context of traditional Chinese philosophy and religion, Tao is a metaphysical concept originating with Laozi that gave rise to uh, a religion and philosophy referred to in English with the single term Taoism. So the concept of Tao was also shared with Confucianism, Chan, and Zen Buddhism. So it's the way I've understood it over these years is Tao is like the flowing energy of the universe. It's like the universe. It's like God or whatever. And we can either harmonize with it or go against it and face the consequences. So this book is really great. There's a, there's a uh, passage for every single day of the year. And Today, yeah, I think it's for today, right? Today's October 28th. Yeah, oneness. This is the one for today. It's called Oneness. And uh, there's a little poem, a very short poem, and then three paragraphs here. So I'll go ahead and read this. It's called Oneness from the book 365 Tao. If I break down the walls, I will be surrounded by the garden. If I break the levee, water will inundate me. 
Meditation is not to be separated from life. The task of following Tao is to cease all distinctions between the self and the outside world. It is only a matter of convenience that we label things inside and outside, subjective and objective. Indeed, it is only at elementary stages that we should talk of Tao to follow. For true enlightenment is the realization not that there is Tao to follow, but that we ourselves are Tao. That understanding comes after a simple breaking down of a wall, a shattering of the mistaken notion that there is something inherent in this life that divides us from Tao. Once the wall is broken, we are inundated by Tao. We are Tao. Do we continue to meditate once we come to this understanding? We still do, but it is no longer a solitary and isolated activity. It is a part of life, as natural as breathing. When you can bring yourself to the understanding that there is no difference between you and Tao, and that there is no difference between meditation and ordinary activities, then you are well on your way to being one with Tao. Right? That little passage is called Oneness. And uh, it was very interesting because I was... When I went on one of my retreats um, a few years ago, and, you know, after several days of not really talking that much at all, like almost zero talking, and a lot of meditating and just walking around, um, you know, you sort of become aware of some, just a broader and more subtle field of energy, or maybe that could be called Tao, or maybe it's just you know, the universe, maybe it's God, right? It's something. And uh, it just kind of had an awareness of that. And I was talking with uh, the caretaker of the retreat facility, and I expressed this to him. And he, uh, he was a great man named Tom Stoner, and he has since passed on. Um. But I remember sitting there with Tom and relating this to him because he he had asked me, you know, he was just checking in with me to see how I was doing and everything. And I related this to him that I felt was a becoming aware of some other dimension or something, like I said, uh, maybe Tao or maybe the universe. And he said to me, you know, that's really good. And... uh 
Then he added, he said, you know, you're also part of that. And in conjunction with feeling that and him saying that, um, that was was a great little realization for me to have that yes the the divinity is out there and god is everywhere for instance but i'm also part of that it's not separate from me and it's when you start to think like that you it's when you realize you're part of this bigger something and that it's almost like you're a child and and the parents are taking care of the child. You know, the child doesn't have to worry about dinner, what you know, what to make for dinner, right? The parents do all that and worry about all that, right? So that's how it is with the universe. We're like children. And the universe on on a higher level, not not in terms of dinner, but on a higher level, really does take care of us. And uh, it's interesting. Maybe that's why Jesus used to, you know, say the Father. You know, he would say that he knows the Father and you too can know the Father. And, and you know, I'm not a 100% certain that he actually used the term for Father um, because I think there's many words in the Bible that were uh, that are misinterpreted. And I think there's many parts of the Bible that were also, you know, taken out of the Bible. That's a whole nother show. We can talk about the integrity of the Bible and Jesus's teachings. But uh, but that concept of the Father and the Son, most people think that Jesus was the only Son, but we're all sons and daughters. And he said that too. So it's weird that we misinterpret that. Such a simple thing. We're all children of the universe, not just one person. So it's interesting he used that terminology. And uh, and it was an interesting experience for me. And I realized that, that whatever divinity is out there, I'm also part of it. So maybe today as you move through your day and you you can give a little thought to the divinity out there and also think that you're part of it that it's inside you and you're part of it and you can feed off it and let that joy let that pure spirit come through you a little more and like he said we don't have to think of meditation as one thing and ordinary life as another there's a big similarity there on a deeper level so So as you move through your day, keep a good vibration, and as always, keep shining.